So have you ever given much thought about what we should bring to worship? Now, I'm talking specifically about church, but we're going to expand it a little bit further on, what you should bring to worship. Because you see, there is no one place that you can worship God. And so, what should you bring? I know everybody should bring their phone. I bring mine. You know, it's got a Bible in it, so that's the easy way. I'm, I'm, I'm on the Bible, Pastor. Right? And this is not just for people that are here. This is for people that might be watching online. What do you bring to worship? It may not be anything but your pajamas, but you'll still have your phone. Everybody brings water or coffee at one point or another to worship. So, you know, we're getting where we're all common and we know what to bring to worship. Uh, maybe a notepad, maybe a tithe or a contribution, but you can also do that online so you don't have to bring it always. And you may even, when you come, you may bring up oh, a bad mood. <laughs> you may bring a bad mood. Something may have happened on the way, or you let something get under your skin and so what you do is you bring that also. You just bring it. And if you're at home and the telephone rings when you're watching something online, it's, you know, you can hit the mute, the pause, or just the stop. So what do you bring to worship? You see, some of, you, some of us may come to worship as a consumer only. We want to consume Maybe not really wanting to be a participant. I don't know. So I'm going to give you a story in the Bible. It's really a neat, neat story. And it gives us a, a basis of the kind of things that we might bring to worship. And once again, worship is not just here, but it is here. Worship can be anywhere, as we'll see. And so this is about a story about a father and a son, and what they brought to worship. Abraham and Isaac. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. This is about Abraham and his son, Isaac. Abraham was first Abram. And God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. His father was Terah. And they lived way down in the southern part of Iran, Iraq, down near where the Tigris and the Euphrates split, down near the Persian Gulf, or the Chaldeans. And uh, they worshipped idols. It was an idol-worshipping area. And, um, and God told Abram, he said, leave your family and the place that you are and go to a place I'm going to tell you. So they moved up in the Fertile Crescent, way up in the top near a place called Haran. It was halfway to Canaan. And the father, Terah, he died. And Abram went ahead and moved to Cana. And God's promise to Abraham was that his offspring were going to be numerous as the stars in the sky. But he didn't have any children. 
And so as he was frustrated and his wife was frustrated, he ended up having a child with a handmaiden, Hagar. And they bore a son, Ishmael. And they were sent away. And Abram was about a hundred years old when he bore Isaac, he and Sarah. And it was sometime after this, Isaac was just a young boy. The commentators can't agree, but he was somewhere between 13 and 30. He was old enough to know what was going on. He was old enough to go with his father. And God spoke again to Abraham. And here's what he said in Genesis 22, verses 1 and 2. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, and Abraham replied, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, who you love, Isaac. I want you to put a period there because God definitively says who his son is. He says, take your son, Isaac, your only son, who you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. His only son. God spoke a very clear word. Moriah means uh, chosen by Jehovah. It's a place that the temple is going to end up being in. There's going to be sacrifices there in the future. But God wants a sacrifice now. And so here's what Abram did. It says, early the next morning, he didn't wait. Abram got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And on the third day, Abram looked up and saw the place in the distance. Abram is 100 years old. He cuts his own wood. His son is a young man. And he's preparing to do what God told him to do, which is to go sacrifice his son, his only son that he loves. I hope you're beginning to see the parallels between Sacrifice and son and only son and sacrificed on the mount where many sacrifices will be in the future. Genesis 22, 5 says this. He says to his servants, now they've already traveled three days and they found the place. And he says to his servants, stay here with a donkey. Well, I and the boy go over there. We will worship. And then we'll come back to you. I, I want you just to get a peek of what worship is. It's not always a cell phone and a bottle of water. Bring that. Worship to God is much more. It may require a sacrifice. We just get a peek. Genesis 22, 6. And it says that Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, the fire and the wood are here. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? 
I ask you today, where's the lamb? Where is the lamb? This young boy, he knew enough about it to know that you had to have a lamb for a sacrifice, that you had to have wood and an altar, that you had to have fire and a knife and you needed a sacrifice. Where is the lamb? Yeah. Revelation 5, 11 and 12 says this. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. John the Baptist says this in John one twenty nine. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold, behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. And Isaac said, Where's the Lamb? And Abram answered. And here's what he said. God himself will provide the Lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. What do we bring to worship? Yeah. Where do we worship? How do we worship? This is a piece that I want you to see. They were going to worship. They had to prepare. It was like the conversation in the car coming to church. What do you say? What are you talking about? Are you rehashing something that went wrong as you're preparing to worship that ride in the car or on a motorcycle? Maybe it's not three days to get to where you need to go to worship. Maybe it's the messages that you see on social media just before you walk in the door to worship. And I'd ask you, where is the Lamb? What did they do to prepare? Man, they had to get wood and a donkey, rope, a knife, fire, two servants. They had to plan. They had to think about the route because it was three days. They had to have enough food and water for a three-day journey up and a three-day journey back. Yeah. What do we bring to worship? Genesis 22, 9 says this, and when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on the top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son, his only son, who he loved, Isaac. Hebrews 9 says this, that there's no remission of sin without shedding of blood. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, I replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and saw in the thicket a ram caught by its horns. And he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. 
So you might ask yourself, what does worship really mean? I, I really need to know what this worship means. Is it praise and worship? Abraham said, we're going to go worship. God said, I want you to sacrifice your son. To bow down, to submit. Abraham said, stay here with the donkeys. I and the boy go over and we'll worship. God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. The bottom line is what you put into worship is what you get out of worship. You get out of it what you put into it. If you bring nothing to worship, hmm, you just may go away with nothing. Abraham, he brought things to worship. A sacrifice of time and effort to worship. Three-day travel, servants, donkeys, supplies. Prepared way ahead of time. He thought about it ahead of time before he was going to worship. In today's day, if he, he waited three days. And of course, three days is significant in the Bible before you have worship. We'd start planning on Wednesday or Thursday. What are we going to do for worship? He cut the wood himself and the fire and the knife. See, an attitude of obedience to God is what we should bring. See, Abraham wasn't seeing what he could get out of worship. He was seeing what he could put into worship. And it was what God told him. Is God speaking to you about what to bring to worship? Is he asking you? And are you seeing a type and shadow of worship? As a sacrifice. Yeah, you may have to get up early. You may have to turn on the computer. You can watch it online anytime, but you've got to make time to do it. You bring a sacrifice and you'll be blessed like Abraham. You see, worship is really about God and not about us. In 2002, Rick Warren, he's a pastor, he wrote a book, The Purpose-Driven Life. And what does he say about a purpose-driven life? Here's what he says. Love God with all your heart. You were planned for God's pleasure. So your purpose is to love God through worship. What you bring. Because if we get worship out of context and think it's just all about us, what we can get and not what we can give, then we'll always be disappointed. If we just want to sit back and say, what are you going to give me today? And someone like me stands up. If that's the only reason you come, you're going to be missing something. You'll always be disappointed about anything and everything 
Worship is about God. It's not about us. Abraham brought a sacrifice of worship to God. What kind of sacrifice should we bring? Like Abraham? We should prepare. We should prepare for worship. And worship is not just here. It's not just the time that you look online. Worship is every second of your life, everywhere you go, everything you do. You should be in a state of worship, and it should be a time of giving to God, giving to God, because it's not about us. Worship is about Him. We've got to be a participant, a contributor, not just a consumer, or else it will never be what God wants it to be to us. Let me ask you this question. Do you think... This changed Abraham's outlook of what worship is. When he was willing to give his son, his only son that he loved. And God said, here's the lamb. God gave his son, Jesus Christ, his only son, the one he loved, sacrificed for us. It's not what we get, but what we give. If we begin to get into a point in our lives where we start really examining what worship is, worshiping God because of who He is, not who we are. You know, every week I give you a to-do. Every week I want you to do something during the week. And I've heard from many of you Hey, I did this and that worked. Or hey, I did this and I thought about it. It's made me change my perspective. Hey, I've done this. You said to do this five times this week. I did it and guess what? I, I kind of see it differently. Well, you maybe never had a pastor give you a to-do like this. But go to Google. Just go to Google. And Google how to worship God. Now, I never give you things to do that I haven't already done. In three-tenths of a second, 421 million results popped up for how to worship God. Now, I'm going to tell you that I didn't look at them all. (laughs) Because, you know, if I did... If I did one a day of those 100,000 million, 421 million, if I did one a day, it would take 1,153,424 years to do that. I don't suggest you do that either. But the ways to worship God are unlimited. Bring them with you. Where's the lamb? Dear God, we thank you today for the precious lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. Father, we thank you that you gave your son, your only son, that through him we would have life and life eternal. We thank you, God, 
that we can take a peek at what worship means. Because you set it right there for Abram. Thank you, God. May we bring worship to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is Pastor Louie. I hope you've enjoyed the message today, and I hope that it has encouraged you. If you need any further information about the message or our ministries, please contact us at the numbers on the screen. Our live worship is 1030 each Sunday morning, and we can also be seen on YouTube and Facebook, thelivingcornerstone.org.